Hey everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Bourgeois Bohemian Podcast. I know that is a long name but I promise y'all will get used to it. And actually you can go ahead and search for us on iTunes and subscribe so that way you don't have to search for us every week. You'll get notification of when there's a new episode. So on this first episode I decided to interview my friend Amber Cannon who is a licensed uh, professional counselor. She specializes in youth, but she sees people of all ages, of all races. And we were talking to her about stress, about what it's like uh, to deal with the stresses of life, even and even really big life-altering issues, how we can manage our stress, what it's like to go to a therapy session, and when you uh, know it's time to possibly see a professional. So this is great content. Hopefully we can um, expand your knowledge on the issue of mental health. And if you need to seek out counseling, that you'll reach out to Amber or you'll find your own um, licensed professional, someone who can help you work through uh, whatever's going on. So you guys just listen and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey guys, this is Karen, and I'm sitting here with my friend, Amber Cannon. She is a mental health professional, and we're gonna talk to her about a number of issues today, kind of get her perspective as a professional and as a young black diva herself. Okay. So I'm gonna introduce, uh, Amber, go ahead and introduce yourself, kind of tell us about you and uh, what you got going on, why you're here. Okay. Um, as Karen said, my name is Amber. I am a professional counselor and I um, live and work in Metro Atlanta. Um, I do have a full-time job um, that's in managed care, but I have started to branch out a little more and build my own business and work on my passion, which is helping people feel better. Um, whether it's children or adults, men or women, um, young and old, just helping people feel better and live their best life. So life can be hard. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And things can happen that knock you on your butt sometimes, right? Definitely. And you're going to have a human reaction, which might be sadness, withdrawal, tempor- you know, temporarily. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, that's my perspective. So is it normal to be depressed, what some people are calling depressed sometimes? And how do we know when it's gone too far? Okay. Um, well, let me start by saying this. Depression or feeling depressed is an emotion just like any other emotion that you experience, whether it's happiness, sadness, anxiety, fear. Um, it's just an emotion. And like you said, life is hard and things do happen in life that cause that reaction to feel depressed. You may begin to isolate. Um, so that's a normal feeling, absolutely. Um, the When it becomes abnormal or when it becomes problematic is when it becomes prolonged or it starts affecting you to the point where you don't have the ability to perform your everyday activities. 
um, where you want to sleep all the time or you're not sleeping at all, where you want to eat so much or you completely lose your appetite, when you can no longer focus and concentrate and perform your um, job roles and responsibilities. Um, you spoke about isolation. When you begin to isolate from those that you love and that you care about and that love and care about you, where you just want to stay in a shell um, by yourself. Those are the times where we begin to say, okay, this may be more than feeling depressed, the emotion, um, and there may be more going on that you may need to address. Okay. Great. So you talked about some of the symptoms too. So, Absolutely. Um, that was kind of my next question. Okay. So my next question is then, is depression treatable? Is there anything that you can actually do about it? Because I know not not that um, suicide, well, suicide and depression, I, I think, would go together most of the time. But mm-hmm. I, I've lost a couple of friends to suicide in the last five or six years and they were receiving treatment some of them had inpatient treatment Mm -hmm. and in the end they ended their lives so is it treatable is it something that can be fixed or is it not a fix it's treatable there are people who live every day with depression like clinically have been diagnosed with let's say like major depressive disorder where it comes and it goes and they may have to have um therapy for their whole life they may be on meds like you said they may be hospitalized there are people who absolutely live and it's treatable but there are symptoms that will always come up um you'll have your good days you'll have your bad days you'll have periods where you may fall into that lack of motivation, where you want to isolate, where your eating behaviors may change, um, where your self-care may change. So yes, you'll have those good and those bad periods. Um, But to speak to the piece about suicide, life is a choice, just like all things. And some people choose and they truly feel that life would be better if they're not there um so i don't want people to think that the outcome of depression or untreated depression is suicide um people who decide to take their lives that's their choice and that's um what they want to do um and it's nothing that we can do that can counter that we can try Um, Professionals can give them help. Their family can be there to support them. Their friends can be there to support them. But at the end of the day, that's their choice. And we may not agree with them. We may not like it. We miss them. But we respect their choice. I think that is such an important point, too. Um, Because a question that's kind of not on the um, list was, what can family members do to support somebody who is depressed? And I know <clears throat> for the the people that I know that we've lost, you know, the first thing that people say when somebody commits suicide um, or to, to take their own life, mm-hmm. they say it's selfish. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought of it that way. Be- yeah, so yeah. how do people reconcile their feelings about maybe somebody who has taken their life? Mm-hmm. And then what can family, friends do to support somebody who's going through something that we really just can't imagine? I think the biggest thing is education. 
um, you have to read about it. You have to read about it. You have to get out. You have to get involved. You have to speak with other people. Um, there's an amazing organization. It's a nonprofit, and it's all across the United States, and I believe it's also international, and it's called NAMI. Um, and NAMI groups meet here in Atlanta everywhere, every week. There's always a group. Um, and what I think is so great about it, it's a group for people who are dealing with it the mental illness and then there's a group for family and friends that are also supporting or have a loved one that is going through a mental illness um so you gotta get out and you have to educate yourself because i think well i know there's a lot of misinformation about mental illness out there um for so many generations i know i'll speak for my family the person was just considered crazy yep you put them in the back room. Mm-hmm. They lived in the house, and they were just crazy. Yeah. Or um, people would have a nervous breakdown, which isn't clinically something anymore. But um, we would just say like they lost their nerves, or their nerves are too bad, or things like that. We would, or you may even think they were possessed by the devil, or a spirit was I'm in sure them. Some people have been exercised. A- yeah. Absolutely, take them to the church. You pray on them. Put the holy water on them, and all these things you perform these you know rituals but there's so much misinformation about it um i always like to tell people a mental illness is just like any other illness that you have whether it's diabetes high blood pressure you break a bone you're diagnosed with cancer it's the same thing like in the medical world there's a diagnosis code for every mental illness just like there's one for a medical um, disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wouldn't expect someone with uh, a broken bone to just go to church and pray about it. Right. You would call the ambulance, you take them to the emergency room, and they would be treated by a medical professional. And sometimes that's ongoing treatment. They may need physical therapy, may need occupational therapy. And you know that person may feel the effects of that broken bone for the rest of their life. Same way with mental health issues. It's a lifelong illness, but it's treatable. It's something you can work on. Awesome. I think awesome analogy. I hope that helps people get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when should we seek out professional help? It depends on the person. I know some people who will... Um, they start feeling, I'm too anxious. My life is too out of control. I need to go see my therapist. And they'll go immediately. There are some people on the other end of the spectrum who refuse help and they almost have to receive involuntary help. Where like a professional like myself or a psychiatrist, uh, a police officer or officer of the law may have to intervene to make sure that they stay safe. So you really have to have a conversation with yourself. Like, Is this outside of just talking to my family and friends? Do I probably need to talk to somebody else about this? Like, is what's going on taking over so much of my life that I can't be effectively in the world and, you know, fulfill my roles and responsibilities? I think that's a good kind of indicator when you need to just have an idea about talking to someone. Mm -hmm. When life is interrupted, basically. Mm -hmm. To the point where you can't even... 
be in the world, you can't be effective. You're not living in your purpose anymore. Okay. All right, good. So I know some people's apprehension about therapy is the treatment itself. Mm -hmm. They don't know what it's going to involve. Right. Um, They're afraid that they won't be able to open up, clam up. I know for me... (laughs) sure how well I would do. Yeah. So what is the therapy session like? If somebody's coming to see you, what what should they expect? Um, well, for your first session, it's going to be mostly an intake. Um, tell me about yourself. Kind of catch me up to what brought you here to this point. So I'm going to ask about your family, your education, your background, any family history of mental health or substance abuse issues. Um, I want to know about your relationships whether it's with your family, your friends, romantic relationships. I want to know about um, education, your work, employment. I also want to know just about you. Tell me about yourself. Like, give me your elevator pitch about your life within 45 minutes. Okay. Um, so that's probably like your first initial session. Um, your second session and moving forward, it's about building rapport, which is just building the relationship. Um making it so that you feel comfortable to open up with me because I don't expect somebody just to walk in my door and just you know like help me this is what it is like I understand it's a natural relationship you have to build that connection all right so the next question um I hear a lot about self-care that's a kind of a buzzword right now absolutely what exactly does that mean and could you give us some strategies for managing stress, the things that go on in life to drive us a little bit cuckoo? Absolutely. Self-care is taking care of yourself, whether it's um, mentally, physically, emotionally, just taking care of your total self. Um, because so much is going on and we're doing so much all the time, our own wants, needs, wishes kind of take a back seat to everything else whether it's our career our family everything else it takes a back seat so self-care is finding things that you enjoy doing um to help you feel better um to refill your cup when we talk to people when we work with people just in everyday life your energy gets depleted because you're putting out so much Mm -hmm. self-care is an opportunity to replenish that energy um some things that people can do for self-care um talking with family and friends spending time alone i think that's like the number one thing is spending time alone having some quiet time to yourself to sit and be with your thoughts or completely quiet your thoughts um Another big piece of self-care that's really big right now is like mindfulness. Uh, It's just being aware of your thoughts, being aware of yourself, being present in the moment um, and just kind of being quiet and still. So that's a a really big thing with self-care. All right. So we did have one listener question. Okay. Um, And you know, it's about me. Of course. (laughs) That's the top of our I mean, list. I mean, it's important too. It is. Okay, and I'm not even going to try to pretend that it's not. Absolutely. So, someone had a question 
really kind of about emotional manipulation is what I was reading from it. But her question was, how do I let go of a guy that broke up with me without him constantly guilting me into sticking around until he gets himself together? I would ask her, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do? Let's start there. Mm -hmm. In this situation, do you want to stay or do you want to go? Because he already gave you his answer of what he wants to do. He broke up with you. He didn't want to be with you for whatever reason, whatever excuse, whatever it is. He didn't want to be with you. So let's call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you decide what you want to do, then that's where you begin to take action. If you feel that the reason that he broke up with you is because he's trying to figure himself out, have a conversation with him. If you guys are still cordial, say, like, I just want to talk to you. I want to figure out, like, is this because you're trying to f- sort yourself out in your life? Or is it because I'm not the person for you? And encourage that person to be honest. You be honest with them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it's a situation where he's just, like, he's just not that into you, move on with your life. Mm-hmm. Get yourself together. Spend some time working on yourself, first and foremost. Don't seek out another relationship. Um, Think about the things that we were talking earlier about, like the self-care, finding your own joy. That's where you need to start. Um, Like, make sure that you're a whole being, you're a whole everything in your life. It may not be perfect, but you're working on Mm -hmm. yourself. You're aware of yourself before you start. Try to move on to the next yeah. person. Because to be honest, it sounds like they're asking about him. It's all about what he wants. Mm-hmm. It's like, not like you don't have a choice in yeah. the matter. Like, um, guilting you into sticking around. No one should have to guilt you into anything. Mm-hmm. Um, people's um, intentions should be clear. They should, should be they transparent and honest. Upfront, this is what my intention is like this is what I want to do with our relationship and if he's not sure then don't necessarily stick around like it sound like you shouldn't be in a relationship if they're not sure if both parties are not sure absolutely um you shouldn't base your decisions off of what he wants to do right. and his timing like when you're in a healthy relationship the two people are working together um to do good for both of you in your future, if that's what you want to do together. Um, but this, you waiting for him, it's not necessary. I agree. There we go. All right, cool. I promise it wasn't me. Somebody else wrote it. But, um, okay, so, Amber, thank you so much. You're more than you welcome. You are my first interview. Yay, I'm so, so excited. I, I just appreciate you so much for allowing us to um, come and talk to you. No problem. And if people want to reach you mm-hmm. uh, for therapeutic services mm-hmm. or uh, if they just want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? Um, if you want to inquire about like therapy or just want to talk about you have any questions, you're more than welcome to email me. Um, you can email me at ambercouncils at gmail.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. My um, Twitter and Instagram handles are Amber C is in Charlie underscore LPC. And then um, you can find me on Facebook 
um, under amberc.lpc. Cool. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you for um, asking me to do this. I was so excited. Like, this is so cool. I'm so happy. Is there anything you want to leave with us so you kind of feel like we covered it all? I think we covered it all, but um, just reminding people to do what's best for you. Find your happiness. Find your joy. Like, live a blissful life. Amen. All right. Thanks, Amber. You're welcome. Well, that's it. The first episode down of the Bourgeois Bohemian Podcast. I hope you learned something that maybe you didn't know before. You got some insight on something and you'll be more willing to reach out for help if you need it. Um, I want to thank Amber Cannon again so, so, so much for volunteering to be the first person to be the guinea pig. You did an awesome job. And we're going to put Amber's information in the episode info so that that way you can reach out to her if you need to now or in the future. Thank you guys so much. Please subscribe. Follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Bourgeois, B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S underscore boho b-o-h-o on twitter and instagram and on facebook it is the same thing except without the underscore so find me online follow me there and subscribe so that you'll know about the next episode um if you have questions or show ideas please email me or send them to me on uh on social media so that that way we can cover what you want to hear thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you next time